This is The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. I'm your host, Leslie Gladstone. For our first episode, I'll discuss the announcement from Tufts Board of Trustees to activate the Responsible Investment Advisory Group. The Responsible Investment Advisory Group, also known as RIAG, will review the university's active investments of its endowment and present recommendations on its findings to the board's investment committee. After years of stagnation on the divestment issue, the move to form the RIAG represents a positive step in the divestment campaign. Hi guys, thanks so much for speaking with me. Would you mind introducing yourselves? Sure, I'm Connor, I'm a senior at Tufts. I'm a former layout exec for The Daily and now I'm a news editor. Hi, my name is Hannah. I'm a senior at Tufts and I'm a member of Tufts Climate Action. Great, thanks so much for coming in today. Connor, let's start with you. Last month you reported on a major announcement that came from Tufts Board of Trustees. What was that announcement? Right. So last month, the Board of Trustees decided to convene the Responsible Investment Advisory Group. And what this means is that the committee will review Tufts investments in the fossil fuel industry and advise the Board of Trustees Investment Committee on its findings. And this decision kind of came after seven years of student activism on the issue, as well as a formal proposal submitted by Tufts Climate Action which is encouraging Tufts to join more than half a dozen of its peer institutions in divesting its endowment from fossil fuels. The group itself, the Responsible Investment Advisory Group, was kind of established at a Board of Trustees meeting on November 2nd, 2019. And the group kind of functions as an opportunity for students to submit proposals, issues that they might have with the university's investments, and the group is activated when it wants to respond to those issues. Where exactly does the Responsible Investment Advisory Group reside and who are its members? Again, like the RAG will perform ad hoc reviews of the university's investment into activities of negative social impact. And these come at the request of the Tufts community and the group makes recommendations to the investment subcommittee. This subcommittee being responsible for more than $2.4 billion in the university's invested assets. And so as for the composition of the group, it is comprised of three trustees appointed by the board, Tufts chief investment officer, the vice president of finance or the representatives, as well as two students and two faculty members appointed by the provost. In this scenario, the board of trustees is activating the RIAG around TCA's divestment proposal. And what this means is that the purpose and scope of the RIAG review are defined by that TCA proposal, which is uh, calling on the university to divest from its direct and indirect holdings in the fossil fuel industry. Can you elaborate on the specifics of the resolution? So who proposed it and when was it approved? What exactly was the process of it going through the TCU Senate? Right. So this scenario in particular is a little bit weird. Uh, How it normally goes is if you want to bring something to the attention of the Board of Trustees in order to activate the RIAG, you have to submit a specific proposal. And once a student drafts their proposal, they can present it to one of the approved bodies that could sponsor it. These bodies include the TCU Senate, the Faculty Senate, the Alumni Council, and any of the graduate student councils. And once one of the sponsors votes for the advisory group to be convened, 
the university administration must also sign off on it, which includes the office of the executive vice president. And then the group is convened. What happened in this process around divestment is a little bit different. And this is, this is really getting into the weeds here. The TCU Senate in this case decided to sponsor the proposal without a formal presentation. I had the opportunity to talk to TCU President Shannon Lee. She said that because TCU Senate had already passed TCA's Carbon Neutral Endowment Resolution in March of 2019, and the language in the new proposal was similar to that of TCA's Divestment Resolution from 2013, um, it, it just didn't make sense for TCA to come in again and present their newest proposal. So the proposal that they submitted to the advisory group is calling for a full divestment um, from fossil fuels, which is very, which is much more similar to a resolution that was passed back in 2013, um, oh, okay. before any of us got to Tufts. That whatever I don't think they called themselves Tufts Climate Action at the time, but whatever the climate group was at the time passed uh, in front of the DC Senate. So it's not like there is no precedent for it, but. We, in conjunction with Tufts Climate Action, agreed that it would be a little bit silly for the group to come in again mm -hmm. in the fall, um, especially because it was going to be so late in the semester and we didn't want to delay the convening of the Responsible Investment Advisory Group. We just sort of put our backing behind it, even though it, this is not typically how we would do things. I, it is like a time when I really didn't want bureaucratic nonsense to sort of get in the way. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's sort of the backstory behind that, but it is a little confusing. So you say that an official review is underway or information, and what is the timeline for when we can expect findings to be reached? Right now what's happening is that the board is kind of looking for the members that it wants to appoint to the Responsible Investment Advisor Group, but the timeline is pretty much unclear. Patrick Collins, Executive Director of Media Relations at Tufts, said that they'll have a better sense of like when the findings of the review will be made public once the group starts meeting. And Right now, we're only in the process of appointing members to the to the group. Student activism centering on the divestment campaign has been ongoing since 2012. And in fact, this is not the administration's first investment review committee. What occurred in 2013 and why have we returned to the question of divestment again in 2019? Yeah, TCA has really been the driving force beh behind divestment. And it's been activating around this issue, like you said, since 2012. And kind of as a result of some of that activism in 2014, the TCU Senate passed a resolution organized by TCA in February of 2013 that asked the Board of Trustees to refrain from any new investment in fossil fuel companies. This was then quickly followed by a student referendum that passed later that year, urging the university to divest from fossil fuels entirely. And so kind of like the culmination of these actions prompted President Monaco to establish the Tufts Divestment Working Group. And that group was kind of composed of students, faculty, administrators, and trustees. And it was put together in April of 2013. And alongside investing a sustainability fund, the Divestment Working Group was tasked with examining the impacts of divestment on the institution and what they meant for the school's bottom line. However, in 2014, the Board of Trustees accepted the recommendations of the Divestment Working Group, and their majority opinion was not to divest from the fossil fuel industry. They cited a $75 million loss in the market value of the university's endowment in the five years that would have come from a hypothetical divestment. And so fast forwarding to last year, on March 31st, 2019, TCU Senate passed another 
resolution that was organized by TCA members calling on the university to transition to a carbon neutral endowment and to disclose information on Tufts connections to the fossil fuel industry. Slightly different from divestment, this was calling on the school to transition to carbon neutral endowment. And now, a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a warm and welcoming place to practice yoga? Located at 379 Main Street in South Medford, the Corner Studio offers yoga classes for all levels. Try the introductory membership, two weeks of unlimited yoga for $25. This week's episode is brought to you by Tasty Cafe on 321 Boston Ave. Tasty serves acai bowls, fresh egg sandwiches, and delicious fruit smoothies. Tasty is the only restaurant near Tufts that serves Francesinhas, a classic Portuguese sandwich. Tasty is open every day from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go visit them today. Hannah, what does the Tufts Endowment look like today, and why is institutional divestment so crucial? So one of the biggest problems that we see as a club, as Tufts Climate Action, is that we don't really know what the Tufts Endowment looks like. There is not a lot of transparency in that area. And when we talk about Tufts having investments in the fossil fuel industry, we don't know the full scope of those investments, whether they're direct or indirect investments, and what those holdings really look like. And so part of what we're asking, aside from divestment from fossil fuels, is to just have a more transparent conversation about what the endowment looks like and how we can make it align with Tufts values as an institution. And Tufts really prides itself on a culture of active citizenship. And when we speak of Tufts uh, investing in the fossil fuel industry, we think that that violates Tufts values. We know that Tufts students really care about climate change. There were almost or around 300 Tufts students at the climate strike this past fall. So Tufts students really care about this issue. And we see Tufts having investments in the fossil fuel industry as a sign that Tufts might not really care about its students' futures. So we see that institutional divestment is really crucial, one, because uh, taking away the funding sources of fossil fuel companies is a key step in transitioning the economy to uh, renewable energy and to removing some of the power that fossil fuel companies have, uh, both in like lobbying within our government and also um, on how our entire economy works. It's so dependent on fossil fuels, but also because it makes a huge statement. And Tufts has a lot of power as an elite institution to um, take a stance on climate change and say, Tufts believes that climate change is real. We don't believe that fossil fuels are a sound investment. And we think that all other institutions that hold clout like we do should make this stance as well. And for those who may not know, can you clarify the difference between direct and indirect holdings? Yeah, so direct holdings in the fossil fuel industry would be if Tufts held a share of Exxon. Tufts owns this share of Exxon. Indirect holdings are more like Tufts owns 
a certain amount of a mutual fund company, which holds a lot of different investments and a lot of different companies. Some of them might be fossil fuels. Some of them might be food and beverage companies, other companies. And so it would be more difficult for Tufts to know specifically how much of that money that's in indirect holdings is in the fossil fuel industry. And so part of what we hope that the Responsible Investment Advisory Group will uncover is how much is in direct holdings and how much is in indirect holdings and hopefully how we will be able to remove all of the investments in the fossil fuel industry. Can you speak to the state of student activism around the divestment campaign on campus? What actions did TCA lead in 2019? And what do you plan to do going forward? We see a really great energy surrounding divestment on campus um, that we believe hasn't been felt since the last time this was proposed in 2013 and when that really came to a head. Collaborating with our allies such as Sunrise and the other members of the Activism Coalition, which is a group of other activist um, clubs on campus, we have been able to execute a lot of really awesome uh, events this past semester in, in the fall including weekly rallies outside of Baloo, a really awesome rally on Parents Weekend that included a joint action uh, supporting other college campuses uh, in their fight for divestment, as well as uh, circulating a petition for divestment, and um, in general, a lot of talking and participating in joint actions with Sunrise, such as the Climate Strike. So uh, going forward, I think a lot of our activism will really be shaped by how the RIAG process plays out. So hopefully, if it's all a smooth process moving forward and we really feel like the RIAG is taking our input into account and having a really collaborative, productive process, we won't have to mobilize surrounding that as much. And most of our activism will be about education around divestment and keeping the campus ready and hungry for divestment when the recommendation of the RAG is passed to the investment committee and that ultimate decision is made. Going forward, we see um, we see our role as being really, really shaped by what happens with the RAG. And, and hopefully we'll see divestment at the end of it. But if we don't, uh, we'll be ready and mobilized. So you speak about the TCU resolution and the review committee that was formed in 2014. Do you believe, and this is for either of you to respond to, that there is hesitancy on the part of the administration to undergo this process for a second time, given that they reviewed this in the recent past and have decided that it would not be a sound investment? Mm -hmm. Do you see that as being a barrier to moving forward with the divestment campaign as it stands today? There's two sides of this coin, which is that on the one side, I, I do think there will be some pushback in that regard. And I think that the findings of that committee will probably be brought up within the RAG and those findings which decided that fossil fuel divestment was not um, a sound decision for the investment committee at that time. And we do think that the trustees might uh, lean a little heavily on those findings. But we also think that their decision to take up this issue again indicates what I spoke of before, which is this new energy surrounding uh, climate change activism on this campus. And I think the state of the United States and the world um, has <laughs> woken up more than in 2014 to the real crisis of climate change. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the, the fires in Australia, um, floods, um, problems related to sea level rise. And I, I think people realize that something needs to be done and that institutions like Tufts have a unique role in making a statement about that. So hopefully since this is the first um, 
activation of the RAG, there's a momentum to actually get something done this time. Um, we're hoping that everybody who's involved uh, has the same goal of actually having a productive result of this conversation and not just uh, throwing it away like last time. You know, the university could have easily just pointed to that working divestment group from 2014 and said, you know, this is an issue that we already weighed. We already looked really deeply into this. And the results were that it just didn't make sense for our financial interests. I think the fact that they're kind of pivoting away from that and reconsidering this issue might indicate that, you know, it's something that's really weighing on their minds. Just to add to that, not everyone who's a part of this conversation right now is in the same role that they were in in 2014. So we have had some personnel changes since then. And for example, um, the executive vice president, Mike Howard, who recently came to Tufts this past fall, um, has been a great liaison for Tufts Climate Action in reaching the Board of Trustees. Can you speak about what types of movements have been going on at schools around the country in terms of divestment and whether you see these events as influencing the decision-making by our administration? Some of the biggest and most local action that's happening on this is happening uh, down the road at Harvard. We have a lot of contacts at Harvard. They have been doing a lot of awesome actions surrounding divestment. For example, they had an action at the Harvard-Yale football game, which our listeners might have heard about because it was so widely publicized. But basically, activists from Yale and Harvard stormed the field during the iconic Harvard-Yale football game and uh, basically had a sit-in on the field while different activists spoke about the importance of divestment at both campuses. That led to a cross-campus act- action called hashtag nobody wins or nobody wins about how nobody wins, uh, like in the football game, nobody wins when schools are still invested in the fossil fuel industry. Yeah, and maybe just beyond what's happening in Boston, you know, this is kind of a movement that is happening at universities across the country. On the West Coast, uh, the University of California system announced last September that it is cutting fossil fuels from its approximately $83.4 billion investment portfolio. And this was because of the financial risk that the assets posed, according to the university system, I think may contribute to kind of how Tufts is thinking about divestment in terms of its uh, long-term financial prospects. Um, Also, another NESCAC school recently divested, uh, Middlebury College decided to divest. In December, Tufts became the first institution to completely cut ties with the Sackler family and pharmaceutical company Purdue Pharma, removing their name from its buildings and programs. Considering the RIAG announcement comes shortly after the Sackler decision, do these developments mark a larger evolution taking place? I think overall they represent a shift in the way public opinion sees institutions as being sort of representative of where their money comes from. However, I do think that there's a fundamental difference between this conversation with the opioid crisis and climate change. I think with With the opioid crisis and with the Sackler family, it's really easy to just say, okay, it's the Sacklers. A lot of Tufts money comes from the Sacklers. Let's just get that money out of there. And I think for climate change, yes, fossil fuel companies are a huge part of the problem. And that's the reason we're we're talking about fossil fuel divestment. But it will be really, you know, it'll be a compelling argument for some people who are opposed to fossil fuel divestment to say, oh, but, you know, agriculture produces a lot of carbon emissions. Flying produces a lot of carbon emissions. So 
I think it's easier for the public to pick an enemy when it comes to the Sacklers, and I'm really happy that the Sackler money is is out of Tufts, but I think it'll be a more difficult and drawn-out conversation, and and so far it has been, about uh, climate change and about fossil fuel divestment. Just to echo some of that kind of reporting for this piece and talking to, again, Shannon Lee, president of TCU Senate, I think she put it really nicely. She was saying how kind of all of the news coming around about the Stern report and Tufts connections to Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family kind of painted a picture of institutional distrust. Um, A lot of people were kind of concerned about how Tufts was managing itself as a university. And Shannon was saying that she kind of views the creation of the RIAG and Tufts' willingness to take up divestment and Tufts' decision to cut financial ties from the Sackler family kind of reflects a willingness for the university to rebuild trust with its students and rebuild trust in its institutions. So for students not currently involved but invested in climate justice, um, how can they support the divestment campaign going forward? Throughout this RAG process, we don't want to just forget about the issue of, of divestment just because a small group of people are talking about this issue behind closed doors and the rest of us can't do anything. Um, we really want Tufts students and members of the community to stay vigilant because when the result comes out, we need to be ready to mobilize around it. And I think everyone's expectation should be that something's going to come out of this. If it ends the same way that the last time did, it's going to be a huge disappointment and it's going to be a big statement um, about where Tufts values are. And I think if everyone has the expectation that Tufts will be divesting or doing its best job to divest, then we can really help hold the institution accountable to its values. This was The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. Thanks for listening. Our executive producer is Ellie Levine. If you like this podcast, support The Daily. You can read all of our stories at tuftsdaily.com. 